0: Lies, legend by Nathaniel. Oh, oh. Dickerson cried, Lady Ruby, a coal for my fire. The pipe was in my old dame's mouth when she said these words. She had thrust there after filling it with tobacco, without stooping in to light it on the heath, which indeed there was no appearance of fire having been kindled that morning. For with, however, as soon as the orders were given. There was an old, intense red glow or the bowl of the pipe, and with a smoke came from Mother Ridby's lips. Whence the coal came, now brought to Tibber by an old, invisible hand, I never been able to discover. Good quote Mother Ridby, with a nod of her head. Thank you, Dickerton, and now for making this clear, grow, Be within, call Dickerton, in case I need you again. A good woman had arisen thus early, for yet it was was scarcely sunrise, in order to set about making a scarecrow, which she intended to put in the middle of her corn patch. It was now the later week of May, and the crows and the blackbirds had already discovered the little green rolled-up leaf of the Indian corn just peeping out of the soil. She determined, therefore, to contrive a life like a scarecrow as never was seen and finished it immediately from top to toe. So it began to sit an it sentinel duty that very morning. Now Mother Whisby, as everyone must have heard, was one of the most cunning and potent witches in all New England, and might, with very little trouble, have made a scarecrow ugly enough to frighten the minister himself. But on this occasion, as she is woken to an uncommonly pleasant humour, was further dissatisfied by her pipe of tobacco. You old to produce something fine, beautiful, and splendid, rather than hideous and horrible. I don't want to set up a hobgoblin in my own compact, almost at my own doorstep, said Mother Ripley to herself, puffing out a smith for smoke. I could do, if I please. I'm tired of being mar- doing marvellous things, Some I might keep within the bounds of everyday business, just for variety's sake. Besides, there is no use in scaring the little children of all about, though it is true I am a witch. It was settled, therefore, in our mind that Scarecrow will represent a fine gentleman of the period, so far as the materials at hand will allow, perhaps it may as well, to eliminate the chief of articles that went on, went to the composition of this, this figure. The most important item of them of all, probably, though it make us makes a little show, with a sudden broomstick, which Mother Ridby had taken many an airy gallop at midnight, and which now served a Scarecrow by the way, with a smile column, or an unlearned phrase as it, a backbone, one of the arms as a disabled frail, which used to be welded by Goodman Rumpy, before his powers worried him out of his troublesome weld. The other, if I mistake not, was composed of pudding-stick, and a broken rug, rung of a chair, quite loosely together at the elbow, for its leg, the right, was a hoe handle and left an extinguished and mischievous stick from the wind-wood-pal. Pa- its lung-stomach and other affairs of kind were nothing better than a mule bag stuffed with straw. Thus we may have made out the skeleton, entire corrupt of the Scarecrow, with the exception of its head, Which is a mildly supplied a somewhat wavered and shrivelled pumpkin, In which Mother Whitby cut two holes the up for the eyes and a slit for the mouth, Leaving a blush-coloured knob in the middle to pass for a nose, It is quite a respectable face. I have seen worse ones on human shoulders at any rate, Said Mother Whitby, and many a fine clergyman, gentlemen, as a pumpkin-head, as well as my scarecrow. But in a clothes, in this case, were to be the making of the man, so the good old woman took down from the peg an ancient plum-coloured coat of London make, with relics of laboratory, with seam cuffs, flat pocket flaps, and button-holes, permanently but worn and faded, patched at the elbows, tattered at the shirts, and fed bare all over. On well, the left breast was a round hole, whence, whether even a uh, style of nobility went away, or else the heart, heart some uh, former wearer, had scorched it through and through. The neighbours said that, that this rich garment belonged to the back of man's wardrobe, and that he kept it at Brothers Ribby's cottage for the convenience of slipping it on, whenever he wished to make a grand appearance at the governor's table, to match the coat. There was a velvet waistcoat of very admirable size, and firmly embroidered, with foliage that had been as brightly coloured as the maple leaves in October, but which are now quite vanished out of substance of velvet. Next came a pair of scarlet breeches, once worn by the French governors of Louis and Rogue, and the knees of which touched the lowest step of the throne of Louise de la Grande. A Frenchman had given these small clothes an Indian powwow, who parted with them to the old witch for a gill of strong waters, as at one of their dances in the forest. Furthermore, Mother Ridby produced producers fair silk stockings, put them on the figure's legs, which showed an unsuitable, sustainable as a dream, with a wooden reality of two sticks, making itself miserably apparent through the holes. Lastly, she put her, her dead husband's wig on a bare, scalp, pumpkin, and surmounted it, the whole, with a dusty three-cornered hat, which struck the tallest, largest, taller fellow of, uh, of a rooster. Then the old dame stood uh, the figure up in the corner of a cottage, and chuckled to behold its yellow substance of a vizard, its knobby no little nose no, fast in the air, its strangely self-fastified tactics and seemed to say, come look at me, and you are oh well worth well, looking at, uh, that's a fact, quoth m- f- it, it be, in admiration of the home of handiwork. I have made my own many a puppet since I've been a witch, but methinks this is my finest of them all, this is almost too good for a scarecrow, and by the by I must still fresh a pipe of tobacco, and then taking out to the cool thatch. By filling a feeling, I pipe the old woman continued to gaze with most motherly perfection at the creature of the corner. To say the truth, whether it was of a chance or a skill or a downright witchcraft, there was something wonderfully human in a ridiculous shape, bedrizzled with its tatty finery. As for countenance, it appeared to shrivel, its yellow surface into grin, a funny kind of expression betwixt scorn and merriment, as if it understood itself to be jest, a mankind. The more Miss Mother Rugby looked, the better. you please, Dickerson. dick said she sharply, and that more coal from the fire. Hardly she spoke, and then, just as before, there's a red glowing coal on the top of the tobacco. She drew a long breath and puffed it forth again, in a bar of morning sunshine, which had struggled through the old, once dusty pane of the cottage window. Mother Ruby, Rippey, always liked to favour her pipe with a coal of fire from a particular chimney corner when she had, brought, had been brought but where the chimney corner might be or who brought the chimney coal from it further then, the invisible messenger seemed to respond to the name of dicton i cannot tell a father yonder thought miss mother still with her eyes fixed on the scarecrow it took good a piece of work to stand or summer in a corn patch frightening where the crows and bright is keep of better things Why I dance with worse one When partners happen to be scarce at our matches meeting in the forest, that I should let him take his chance Among the other men's straw, and empty fields who go bustling around the world Though which took three or four more whiffs of a pipe smiled Here meet him. His in each every street corner, continued she. Well, I don't mean a dabble in witchcraft today, further than the lightning of my pipe, a witch I am and a witch I like to be. There's no use trying to shirk it, I made a man of my scarecrow, were it for a joke's sake? While muttering these words, Mother Ridby took up the pipe, took to the pipe, with her mouth, and thrust it to the coverers, who represented the same feature in the pumpkin judge, the the scarecrow Puff, darling puff, said she. Puffing away my fine fellow, your life depends on it. Your strange exhaustion, what's an auction, and only as it addressed a mere thing of the sticks for oh, no clothes, nothing other than a pumpkin for head, we know to have been the scarecrow's case, nevertheless as we most carefully hold in remembrance, mother would be with a witch in singular power and dexterity. And keeping this fact duty before our minds, we see nothing beyond probability a remarkable instance of our story. Indeed, a great difficulty will be to at once get over. If we can bring ourselves to believe that as uh, soon the old dame Bed, him f- puff, there came a whiff of smoke from the scarecrow's mouth. It was a very feeblest of whiffs, be sure, but it was followed by another, another which more decided and receiving one. Puff away, my pet, puff away, my pretty one, a Ribby kept repeating with a pleasant smile. It is the breath of life to thee, and that you may take my word for. Beyond all question the pipe was bewitched. There must have been a spell, either in the tobacco, or in the fiery glowing coal that is so mysteriously burnt, on the top of it a pungent of aromatic smoke with was exhaled from the the figure, after a few doubtful attempts, at length drew forth a volley of smoke, extending all the way from obscure corner to bar of sunshine. There it edited, ebbed, eb- eb- and melted away among the notes, bolts, of dust. It seemed to have a convulsive effect, for the two or three next whiffs were fainter, although the coals still glowed and still grew. Through a gleam over the scarecrow's visage, the old witch clapped her skinny hands together and smiled encouragingly upon her handiwork. She saw that the charm worked well. The shadowed face that had for, been no face at all, had already a thin, fantastic haze, as it were, of human likeness, shifting to and fro across, sometimes vanishing entirely, but glowing more credible, to all and ever, a place with which the pipe, from the pipe, the whole figure in like manner, assumed a show of life, such as we in part, and all ill defined shapes, among the clouds and half deceive ourselves, the pastimes of our fancy. We now must now, must need pry closely to the matter, we may be doubted whether there was any evil change after all, this solid to worn out worthlessness, old jaunted substance of the scarecrow, a merely a spectral illusion, a cunning effect of light, a shades of colour contrived to delude the eyes of most men. Miracles witchcraft seemed always to have had a very shallow suburbity. At least it was above the explanation I'd like to hit the truth or the process. I can suggest no better. Well puff, my pretty lady, lad Still cry the mother repeat, Come another good stop with, and let it be we might amain. Puff for thy life, I tell thee, puff, out of the very bottom your heart, in any heart that have, any bottom of it. Well done again, thou dost suck it a as if with pure love of it. And then a witch back into the witch beckoned to the scarecrow, throwing so much magnetic potency into her gesture that it seemed as if it would most evidently be paid but it mist it call the lodestone when it summons the iron why lurketh in the corner lazy one said she step forth thou hast the world before thee upon my word if the legend was not one which i heard my grandmother's knees and which had established its place among other things credible before my childish judgment could analyze its probability i question whether i should have face to tell it now in obedience to mother be word, Extending of her arm, its reach, her outstretched hand, the figure made a step forward, a kind of hitch and jerk, however, rather than a step, and tottered and almost lost its balance. What, what could the witch expect? It was nothing after all but a scarecrow, stuck upon two sticks, but strong-willed old bedlam scorned, and beckoned and flung the energy for a purpose, so falsely that his own poor combination of rotten wood, of most straw, of raw, rugged garments, it compelled to show itself um, a man, spite the reality things. So he stepped into the bar of sunshine, and stood a poor devil with contrivance that it was, and only the finished vest of human sim- similar tide about it. though it was evident a stiff, rickety, incongruous, <laughs> faded, tattered, good for nothing patchwork of its substance. Ready to sink in a heap upon the floor, is conscious of its own unworthiness to be wrecked. Right, shall I confess the truth? In the present point of verification, the scarecrow reminds me of some of the lukewarm and abortive charities, composed of heterogeneous materials, used for the fount of time, and never worth losing, of which a man's writers and myself, no doubt, among the rest, have so overpeopled the world of fiction. But the fierce old hag began to get angry and show a glimpse of her demonic nature, like a snake's head peeping with a hiss out of her bosom, and his pusillanimous behaviour, the thing which he had taken the trouble, put together. Puff away, wretch, cried she, woefully, 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 puff puff puff, thy ill, thou finger-straw-emptiness, thou rag or two, thy whole mill-bag, Thou pumping head, thou nothing, Where shall I find a name Vile enough to school? by puff, I say, And suck in my, thy fantastic life With the smoke, Else I snatched a pipe from my mouth And held thee where the red coal came from. Thus threatened the unhappy scarecrow And nothing for it but to puff away For dear life, as it need was. Therefore, he applied himself Lustily to the pipe, a scent forth from abundant volleys, tobacco smoke, at the small cottage kitchen became all wov- vaporous, At one, some being struggled mistily, through, and couldn't but imperfectly define the image of a cracked and dusty window pane on the opposite wall. Mother would be, meanwhile, with one brown arm akimbo, and the other, outstretched towards the figure, loomed grimly and mid-discouragety, and much and such a potent expression as, which, as when she wanted to leave a potent nightmare for the victim to stand on bedside to enjoy the agony. In fear and trembling did the poor scarecrow puff, but his efforts, it must be acknowledged, served an excellent purpose for a rich, sensitive swift. The figure lost more and more of its dizzy, perplexing tendency, and seemed to become denser substance. His very garments, bent over, partook the magical change and shone with double glosses of a novelty and glistened with a skillful and boiled, of and gold. Had long ago been rented away and half revealed among the smoke, a yellow village bent in lustrous eyes and mother... And lastly, a mother of me. At last, the witch clenched her fist and shook at the figure, not that she was positively angry, but merely acting the principle. Perhaps untrue, or not the only truth, though as high as one, Miss Bubbery could should, could be expected to attain. A feeble and turbid nature, being incapable of better inspiration, must be stirred by fear. But there was a was a crisis. Should she fill fell and that she now sought to effect? It was a ruthless purpose to scatter the movable simulants sub- into its original elements. Thou hast man's as- has a man's aspects, he said sternly, has also the echoed mockery of the voice. I did thee speak. The scarecrow grass struggled at length, and emitted a murmur, which was so incorporate with a smoky breath, they could scarcely tell whether it was indeed a voice, or only a whiff of tobacco. Some readers this legend hold an opinion that Mother be conjectures, a fierceness of her will was compelled his firmless spirit into a figure, and her voice was his. <coughs> 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 Mother, mumbled the poor, stifled voice, Be not awful with me, I wouldn't find speak. But being without wits, can, what can I say? Thou cannot speak, darling, cannot thou? Cried Mother, you with me? Relaxing her grim countenance into a smile, and what shall thy quote with Say indeed art thou, thou the brotherhood of empty skull, a damnedest of way, demandeth of me that thou shalt say, thou shalt say a thousand things, and saying them a thousand times over. Thou shalt still have that said nothing. Be not afraid, I tell thee, when thou cometh into the world, whither I propose, send near forthwith. Thou shalt not lack the wit to will to talk. Talk, why thou shalt babble like a mill stream, if thou wilt. Thou had brains enough for that, I told. thou. <coughs> 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 at your mother's, at your service, mother. Replied. Responded the figure. And that was well said, my pretty one. answered said, Mr. Mother Ripley, Thou art speakest like myself, And thought n- meant nothing. Thou shalt have a hundred such much such set phrases, And five hundred to boot, to more, So them how darling, I have taken so much pains of thee, Thou art so beautiful, that of my trough. I love thee better than my witch's puppet in the world. I made from all sorts clay, wax, jeans, Dicks, nightfall, night fog, morning mist, sea form and chimney smoke. Thou art the very best. So give heed to what I say. Yes, kind mother said the figure. <coughs> With all my heart. <coughs> uh, With all thy heart, cried the witch. witch, setting her hands to her sides and laughing loudly. Thou have such a pretty way of speaking. With all thy heart, while dost. Put thy hand to the left side of thy waistcoat, as thou really havest one? Why now, in a high good humour, with this fantastic enjoyment of hers, Mother Ribby told the Scarecrow he might go and play his part in the great world, with where no man in one in a hundred she found was gifted a more real substance than itself, and he it might hold up his head the best of them, and she endowed it on the spot when a recommendable amount of wealth, he considered partly of a gold mine in El Dorado, and ten thousand shares in Broken Bubble, and half the an acres of a wine yard in North Pole, and a castle near Chateau in Spain, altogether with all the rents and cancumbe there for in She might further made up over to him the cargo of a certain ship, laden with salt of Cadiz, which herself by her remen- remen- men sick arts had caused the founder ten thousand years before the deepest part of mid if the soup were not dissolved it might be f- brought to market he would fetch a pretty penny among the fishermen that he might not lack ready money she gave him a copper farthing of bow manufacture being the only coin she had about her and likewise a great deal of brass she applied into his forehead thus making it yellower than ever with this brass lung doth quag'er with me, Thou canst pay thy way all over the world. Earth, kiss me pretty darling, I have done my best for thee. <clears throat> Furthermore, that was adventure, my lack no possible revenge granted rant- towards a fair start in life. This excellent old dame gave him a token by which he was to produce himself, a certain magistrate, member of the council, merchant elder of the church, all capabilities constituting but one man, who stood at the head of society, a neighbouring Rapper The token was neither less than a single word, which be whispered to the which witch, the scarecrow, was the whisper to the merchant, Couty the your friend, he'll run thy errands for thee. And when one once to have given him that word, Is he answered to the old witch, Mother Whippy knows that the wonderful, wonderful justice goes with go- go- A wonderful justice knows Mother Mother Whippy. Where the witch trusts me? Her wrinkled face, closed, the puppets chuckling impressively, and visiting all over her system. She with delight at the idea which she meant to communicate. <coughs> a wonderful master Kuzgurkin whispered, "She have of a come a maiden to his daughter, and hark, ye my pet, thou have a fair outside, a little a pretty wit enough to thine own." ye pretty wit, thou wilt think better of when thou have seen more than other people's wits now with thy outside and thy inside thou art the very man a win of a young girl's heart never doubt it i tell ye shall be so put out a bold face in the matter sigh smile flourish thy hat flourish forth thy leg like a dancing master Put thy right hand on the left side of thy waistcoat, and pretty, Molly got a wing is thy own. All this while the new creature had been sucking and inhaling, exhaling the vapory fragrance of his pipe, and seemed now to continue his occupation as much for the enjoyment he afforded, and because of an essential condition of his existence, it is wonderful to see how seeming like a human being he behaved. His eyes, which appeared to possess a pair, were bent on miserable and suitable conjunctions. he nodded and shook his head, neither did it lack words for the occasion very really, really indeed, pray tell me it is impossible upon my word, but no means, ah hum, another such weighty utterance as apply your attendant attention, inquiry, acquitness at sense or scent on the part of the orator? Or Even had you stood by and seen the scarecrow made, you scarcely resisted the conviction. You perfectly understood the cunning consoles which the old witch poured into its counterfeit of an ear. The more earnestly applied his lips to the pipe, the more distinctly there was human likeness stamped along visible realities. In more so sub- G- conscious uh, g- grew its expression, the more likable its gestures and movements, the more intelligible audible its voice, its garments too glistened and so much the brighter with illusory magnificence, the very pipe of which burned the spell his old his wonder work, ceased to appear as smoke, blackened earth, stump and became a mere mis- chimp with a painted bowl and amber mouthpiece. It might be apprehended, however, that a life and illusion seemed identical to the vapour of the pipe. It would terminate simultaneously with a reduction of tobacco to ashes, but the bedding foresaw the difficulty. Hold thy pipe, my precious one, said she, which I fill it with thee again. It is sorrowful to behold the fine gentleman, going to fade back into the scarecrow. Oh, mother, took the shook the ashes out of the pipe. And proceeded with quickcus it with a tobacco-box, "'Tick on, cried she in a high, sharp tone, and have a coal for this pipe. No sooner than set then intensely red speck of fire was glowing within the pipe, bowl. the scarecrow out waiting for the witch, bidding applied the tube to his lip and drew in some short, compulsed, convulsive life. We soon, however, became regular and makeable. Now, my own own hearts, darling, quoth mother with whatever may happen to thee, thou must stick to thy pipe. Thy life is in it, that at least thou knowest well, if thou knowest not besides. Stick to thy pipe, I say, smoke, puff, puff. I blow thy cloud, and tell the people, if any question be made, that is for the health like health, as so as the physician orders thee to do and sweet one when thou shalt find my pipe glowing low go apart from some corner and first filling thyself with smoke Quite sharply take a turn a fresh pipe of tobacco and take a turn another coal from my fire and hear it in thy pretty mouth as speedily as may be else indeed stead of a green gentleman in a gold lace coat Thou wilt be out put a pot of jumble-sticks, a tattered clothes, and a bag of straw and withered pumpkin. Now depart, my treasure, good luck go with thee. Never fear, mother, said the figure in a stout voice, and is sending forth a courageous whiff of smoke. I will thrive if an honest man and gentlemen may. Oh well, thou wilt be the death of me, Cried the old witch, convulsed with laughter. That hast well said. If an honest man, a gentleman may be, thou playest thy part to perfection. Get along with thee, for smart fellow. I wager thy head, as a man of pith and substance. A brain they'll call, they call a heart, or well, else that a man should have, almost any other thing on two legs. I hold myself as better witch than yours today, for thy sake didn't I not make not make thee. I defy any witch in New England to make much better make such another. Here I take my staff along with thee. A staff, though it was but plain oaken stick, immediately took the aspect of a gold headed cane. A golden head was as much sense of its own, mine own, said Mother Whitby. And it will guide thee straight to worship Mother Goodsman's Worshipful Mother. Master Goodwiggin's door. Get thee gone, my petty pet. My darling, my precious one, my treasure. If any I ask thy name, it is Feathertop. For thy art was a feather in thy hat. I have thrust a fe- have, uh, head f- full of feathers into the hollow of thy head. And thy wig too is the fashion they call Featherhead. So be my Featherhead thy, be featherhead, thy name. And after, and issuing from the cottage, further-head strode manfully, towards Mother Rugby stood a threshold, well pleased to see how the sunbeams glistened on him. His always magnificent reveal, real, and now dignity and lovely He smoked his pipe now handsomely he walked. In spite of a little stiffness his legs, he watched him until light of sight, and drew which percuton. benediction above a darling, after a darling. When in turn of the road snapped him from her view. But at times in the afternoon, when the principal street of neighbouring town was just as like me, of life and bristle. A stranger, very distinguished figure, was seen on the sidewalk. His port was well as his garments, big, big token, nothing short of nobility. He wore it, she embroidered a plum-coated coat, a waistcoat of vel- costly velvet, Mephistically adorned with golden foliage, a pair of splendid scarlet breeches, and the finest of glosses and white silk stockings. His head was covered with poop poop, poop. so daintily powdered and adjusted that it would have been a sacrilege disorder It was a hat, which, therefore, it was a gold laced little hat, set off with a snowy feather. He carried beneath his arm a breath of his coat glistened as a star. He managed his gold. Handed crane with the airy grace, particularly to particularity to fine gentlemen of the period, and to give the highest possible finish to the equipment, he'd lay his ruffles at the right waist, wrist, at most if in all delicacy, specifically about him. How idle and artistic must be the hands which were half, which they half concealed! It was a remarkable point of this accomplishment his brilliant portents. He held in his left hand a fantastic kind of pipe, and his squigglish painted bell and amber mouthpiece. This he applied to his lips as often as every five minutes or six paces, and held a swift whiff of smoke, which, being retained a moment in his lungs, might be seen to eddy gratefully from his mouth and nostrils. and well be supposed the street was full of stir to find out the stranger's name. Is there some great nobleman? Beyond question said one of the townspeople. Do you see this, the star at his breast? Nay, it's too bright to be seen, said another. Yes, it needs to be another one, for, as you say, by that conveyance, think you. Can his lordship have voyaged and travelled for hither? There'd been no vessel from the old country or round the past. If he had arrived overland from southward, pray where were his attend this equipment? Advantage. He needs no equipage to set off his rank, on the remarked the third, for he came among us in rags and melody, which shine through a hole in his elbow. I never saw such an dignity in aspect. He is an old Norman blood in his veins. I want him. I shall take him to be a Dutchman, or one of the high Germans, said the other citizen. a man whose countries were always a pipe at their mouths, as no was a Turk as a turk answered his companion but in my judgment this stranger have been bred at the french court have their the learned politeness of grace and manner which none understood so well as the nobility of france the gate now a vulgar spect- spectator might deem it sith he m- might call it a hitch and jerk but my eye, have a speak of majesty must have been acquired by a constant observation, the apportment of the grand monique mon- the stranger's character in the office of evidence enough. He is French ambassador, come to treat, treat with our rulers about the cessation of Canada. More probably his Spaniard, said the other, and hence his yellow compassion, or most likely be from Havana, or some part in the Spanish main, and comes to make investigations about the Penura from which our government is thought to convey, convey, convey it. These settlers of Peru and Mexico, whose skins as yellow as gold, which they dig out of their mines, Yellow or not, cried the lady, he's a beautiful man. The tools are slender, with such a noble fine, noble face, so well shaped the nose of all the delicacy of expression. Around the mouth, and bless me, how bright is his star, it probably shoots out flames. So do your eyes, fair lady, said a stranger. A bow of flourishes a pipe, were you just finishing that, that said, Upon my honour, they are you have quite bazzled me. What well, was ever so original requisite a compliment? murmured the lady in a casi of delight. Amid the genuine admiration, excited by the stranger's appearance, there were only two dissenting voices. One was that of a pediment crew, which, after stuffing at the heels of a listening figure, put its tail between its legs and sulked into the master's backyard full volu- of faking a ex- how the other discernment was the young child had scored at the foolish stretch his lungs and babbled some intelligible nonsense about pumpkin further ahead and meanwhile pro- pursued his way along the next street except for the new complimentary words to the lady and now and then a slight incursion of the head in the acquittal of the profound reverence of the boy he seemed wholly absorbed in his pipe they needed no more proof of rank and conquerors, a perfect and of, of immunity, which he could himself. With courtesy and immersion of his house, swelled almost to the clamour round him, with a crowd glovering glowering behind his footsteps, he finally reached the manor house, where the words for all sure, justice, good, good kind, entered the gate, ascended the steps to the front door, and not into the room, where before he summons his summons was answered. Strangely reserved to shake the ashes out of his pipe. What did he say, is, is that sharp word? A one of the spectators, nay, I do not say. Would not do not, no not, answered his friend. But sun dazzles in my eyes, strangely. How dim and faint his lordship looks like it's all of a sudden. Bless my wits! what is it the matter with you? No wonder it is other. that his pipe, which is only an instant ago, should be all light again. And the reddest coal I ever saw. But I sometimes mysterious. There's something mysterious about a stranger. What a wit for smoke was that dim and faded did you call him? Why he caught turns about the star, his dress is all ablaze. It is indeed said his companion. It will go near, go we it will go near, Sir so dazzle pretty Polly, Good goodcra, whom I see peeping at it the, at, the, at, the, at the window. Chamber window? The door being now opened, Featherhead turned to the crowd, made a stately bend to his body, like a great man of knowledgeing mon- a reverence of manner, sought and vanished into the house with a mysterious kind of smile. It might be not be better to be called a or grim, grimace upon his vestige, but of all the thing thong that had beheld him, not an usual appeared to possess insight, enough to detect the conducive character, a stranger except a little child and a cobalt dog. Our legend has lost it somewhat, its community, and passing over the premonerity, its reclamation, between Featherhead and our merchant goes to the quest of the pretty Polly Goodman. She was a damsel soft, round face, with light hair, blue eyes, and a fair, rosy face, which seemed neither very shrewd nor very simple. This young lady had caught a glimpse of the blistering stranger while staying on the threshold, and for we with, with, with put on lettuce of cat and string of beads, her finest handkerchief and her stiffest down cassette, pretty coats in preparation for the interview, hurrying him from her chamber to the parlour, she'd ever since been viewing herself, a long-looking glass of pretty, pretty airs now, a smile. Now a somewhere in its dignity of aspect. Now a softer smile, And a form of kissing her hand, likewise, Tossing her head and managing her fan, While well, within the mirror of so insensual little maid, Repeated every gesture, Did all the foolish things that Mopoli did, Without making her so ashamed of them. In short, it was a fault of pretty Polly's validity, Rather than a will, she failed to, as to be complete, An adifice, a delusious, lustrous feather-head, Feathertop himself, and when she thus tampered with two, with her own stability, a witch phantom might well hope to win her. No sooner did Polly hear her father's guilty footsteps approaching the parlour door, occupied with a stiff clatter of, the, of Featherhead's huge-eyed shoes, when she seated herself bolt upright and instantly began wobbling a song. Polly, Polter Polly, 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 cried Polly. Uh, Old merchant, "'Come hither, child, mother, master Goodwin's aspect. as he opened the door, was doubtful and troubled. "'This gentleman,' continued he, presenting the stranger, "'is his chevalier Featherhead?' "'Nay, I beg his pardon, my lord Featherhead. "'Now have brought me a token of remembrance from an ancient friend of mine. "'Pay your duty to his lordship, child, and on him as his quality deserves.' <clears throat> After these few words of induction, the most vengeful magistrate immediately quitted the room, and when the old brief moment a fair Polly glanced aside the father, instead of devoting herself wholly to the brilliant guest, she might have taken the warning of some mischief nigh at hand. The old man was nervous, fidgety, and very proud. Proposing a smile courtesy, he deformed his face in a sort of glorantic grin, which, when his back was turned, he exchanged for Scowl, at the same time shaking his fist and stamping his scalpy foot, and civility the its repetition. Along with it, the truth appears have been, a mother word of production, however it might be, had operated far more rich measurements feared than his great goodwill. Moreover, being a man and wilfully accurate of, a, of observation, he noticed these painted figures, a bowl of Pepper's head's pipe were in motion, little more closely he became convinced his figures were a party of little demons, each dulyly provided with horns and a tail, and dancing hand in hand with gestures of diabolical merriment, around the crump of the pipe-bowl, as if to confirm his visions, while mother-master could have ushered his guest along a dusty passage from his pipe-room into the parlour, and the star of breast as so, Scary tails of actual flames, a figure reflecting the gleam upon the wall, the ceiling, and the floor. <clears throat> Which sinister prosmetics, manifesting itself on all hands, it you not know, to be marvelled at that should have felt. He was committing his daughter to a very questionable work greatness. He cursed his secret soul, he in insulating the elegance of Featherhead's manners, and his brilliant personage bowed, smiled out, put his hand to his heart, and held a long whiff of his pipe, and reached the atmosphere of a smoky vapour, and a vagrant and visible sigh. poor, gladly poor Master Goodwin can have thrust his dangerous guest into the street, for oh, there was constant terror within him. Disrespect to one gentleman, we fear, at an earlier period of life, had given some pledge or another for evil principles, and perhaps was now to redeem it by sacrificing his daughter. <coughs> <coughs> it happened that the parlour door was partly of glass, shaded by silken curtain, the folds of which folded, which hung a little awry. So strong was the merchant's interest in the witnessing, there was a sure between the fair Polly and Gallant Featherhead, that after quitting the room, he could by no means refrain from peeping through the crevice of the curtain. But there was nothing very miraculous to be seen. Nothing, except a trifles previously notice, the phony ideas of supernatural peril origining the pretty Polly. The stranger itself was evidently a furrow. And practice man of the world, symphonatic so and self so possessed, therefore the sort of person to whom a parent ought not to confide a simple young girl without due watchfulness for the result. A worthy magistrate, who had been conversant with all degrees and qualities of mankind, could not perceive every motion and gesture distinguished from that top, came in his proper place, nothing less rude or native in him. A well Digested, conventionalism had incorporated itself fairly with its substance and transformed him to work a work of art, perhaps it was a peculiarity, invested him a species of grossness and awe, in the effect of everything completely consumably, having finally pitched enough to cast a shadow upon the floor, guarded for the head-top. All this resulted in a vile less a and fantastical impression of his life, being well akin to the smoke, a-curled uh, around from his pipe. A poor, but pretty polly good felt not thus the pair was now parading the room. Polly feather top with his dainty stride and less dainty glimmers, a gale with a native manly grace, just touched, not spoiled, in a slightly affected manner, which seemed caught for the perfect apophis of her companion longer the interview continued, the more charm was pretty Polly, until within the first quarter of an hour as the old magistrate noted by his watch she is evidently beginning to be in love nor less than it needed been witchcraft that seduced her with such a hurry the poor child's heart it may be was very fervent it melted her with own warmth as reflected from the hollow softness of a lover. No matter what Featherhead said, his words, some depth and reverberation rever- in her ear. No matter did he, his actions were right to the eye. And by of time, it be supposed, a blanch should have turned his cheek. A tender smile about her mouth, a liquid serifness in her glance, of the star just converging on Feathertop's breast. The little demons careered with more frantic merriment than ever about the circumference of his pipe bowl. Oh, pretty pollockin Why should these imps enjoy so madly that a silly maiden's heart was about to be given to a shadow? It is unusual, a most a most f- mouse fortune. Oh, a rare triumph! By and by, a pepperhead poles, and throwing yourself in a posing attitude, seemed to summon the little poor girl to survey his figure, and visit him no uh, longer as he could. His style, his embroidery, his buckles glowed, and his, his instant which out of all splendour, picture it cools of entire look, as de- each a depth for colouring, as a gleam of polish of his whole presence, back of tokening the perfect witchery of well-mannered old manners. A maiden raised her eyes as suffered, from its linger upon her companion, with bashmus and murdering glance there. Lays, then is it delirious and judging what value her whole her own simple comeliness might side by side with much brilliance she cast a glance of all the four lift, looking mirror, a front of which happened to be standing, it were one of the truly palates in the world and a cable flattery. No sooner did the images therein reflect meet for his eye, then she shrieked shrank, shrank the stranger's gay eye aside, to him. A moment with of the wildest may, sank insensible upon the floor. Featherhead, lightways, had looked towards the mirror, and there, behold, not the glittering mockery of these outside show, but a picture of the solid patchwork of his real compose, stripped off all witchcraft. The wretched circumlocutor, he almost pitied him. He threw up his arms with an expression of despair, and went further than any of his previous manner was vindicating each are claims to be reckoned human, for perchance the only time since, so that only after an empty, perceived, deceptive life, a mortal begin its course. Illusion had been fully recognized itself. Mother be was seated in a kitchen heath at twilight of this eventful day. With shaking the ashes out of a new pipe, we heard a hurried tramp along the road. Yet it did not seem so much the tramp of human footsteps as a clatter of sticks, of rattling of dry bones. Ha! Ah! thought the old witch. Which chap is that? Whose skeleton is that? Is it its grave now? I wonder, a figure boasts, headlong into the cottage doors. It was feather his pipe was still light, a star still flamed upon his breast, his body still glowed upon his garments. Nor had he lost his any degree of manner, which could should be the aspect of it him with more moral brotherhood, but yet in some discreanable why, as a case was all that deluded us, when once found out poor reality was felt beneath the cunning out of his What has gone wrong with the money the witch? Did your false living hypocrite thus press my darling from the door doll, the, doll, the villain? I set for fifty twenty thieves to torment him till we offer the thy daughter. I don't need splendid no mother said for his morning. Is not that did the girl call my precious one? Asked Mother Grisby, her face eyes glowing like red two coals of trumpet, I cover her face with pimples, her nose shall be as red as coal with thy pipe. Her front teeth shall drop out in a week hence you shall not be worth any having. Leave it let her alone, mother, answered poor Fevertop. The, the girl is half one, I methinks her case for her sweet lips might have made me to get my but, he added, after really brief froze in a howl of self-contentment, I seen myself, mother, I seen myself for the wretched and ragged everything I am. I exist no longer. Snatching the pipe from his mouth. He flung it with his might, all oh, with his might, against the chimney at the same instant sank from the floor, a medley straw in touched garments, which, with some sticks, protruding from the heap, a shivelled pumpkin in the mist. I holes were now listless. But the you card grape, which had been just before mouth so seemed to twist itself to despairing bearing grin, as so far human. Poor fellow, quoth Mother Ribby, with a gloeful glance at the relics of ill-fated conference countenance. My poor dear, pretty providop, you have thousands upon thousands of coxacoons the charlatans of the world, made it with such a jumble, not, not forgotten, and good for nothing trash as he was, yet they live in fair repute, and never see themselves for what they are. Why should my pauper be the only one to know himself and perish for it? That all this mattering in the witch, a field of fresh white tobacco, held the stem to moor the fingers, a doubtful whether of trust, to trust it into her very own mouth, Oh, feather-tops part feather-tops, he continued i could easily give him another chance and send him forth some again tomorrow but no his feelings are too tender his sensibility too deep he seems to have too much heart to bustle with his own advantage in such an empty and heartless world well well i make a vote of him after all this is innocent and will suit my darling well i find if each of these human brethren had to fit as one, I would be the better for mankind, as to pipe the with tobacco I need more than thee And so same of ribby puts them to put in her lips. Dickened, cried she, in a sharp tone, another coal from my fire.